This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Christy Landwehr from Aurora, Colorado. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 21st, 2022. And we're at episode 2957. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, horse world. It's the third Tuesday of the month on Horses in the Morning. And that means we get deep into training, education, and horsey fun with Christy from the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Hi, Christy. Hi, Glenn. It's so exciting to do a show with you today. How are you? I know. I think Jennifer's done the last couple, so I haven't talked to you lately. I've loved as well. Yes. Yes. I'm feeling better. Like uh, this COVID fatigue thing is a real thing, and uh, but I yesterday didn't sleep all day, so I'm doing much hey, better. Hey, that is good. <laughs> I was a little worried because Jennifer came down with a bad cold and can't talk today, and and uh, I was like, who's going to do this show with Christy? <laughs> we're good. We're here. Yes, we are. We're here now. Um, you had an exciting morning. Do we want to mention that? Oh, we can. Yes. So woke up this morning to the sound of a siren. And, you know, you just look out your window when you hear a siren and there's a big plume of black smoke coming out of our neighbor's house about, oh, I don't know, maybe four houses away from our front yard. And then all of a sudden, as we're watching the black smoke, it becomes numerous fireballs, numerous fireballs. You could hear the explosions. Oh, yeah. Not good. And thank goodness we had a non-windy day because we're so dry here in Colorado, like always. And the fire trucks were on it. Our little volunteer fire department, oh my gosh, they were on it. And then Aurora came, the big city fire people, then Bennett, which is the next nearest town. And they were all so many. Yeah, Pretty soon you, the news trucks. Christy sent airplane. me a picture first thing this morning. And you can see the, oh. the tops of roofs of your neighbors and then this huge fire. <laughs> I mean, it was big. It was not good. <laughs> And then they brought in news trucks and helicopter news things, and it was just going all crazy. It was wild this morning. But thank goodness, um, I just talked to a friend of mine that works for um, the local fire department, so he went over to help. And he said that uh, they even got the cat and the gecko out. So everybody got out safe, all humans and animals accounted for, and it's pretty much just the garage that blew up because they had different things in there that maybe they should not have had, you know. So anyways, everyone's good, everyone's safe, and the neighborhood did not burn down. Yay. Well, I was a little worried when you said to pictures, like, if it's windy, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It was scary. Yeah. Very scary. Were you packing no. your stuff? You know, I was getting my hose ready to hose down my roof. <laughs> You're going to be the up there in the roof I with your little going. hose. Uh-huh. That was my direction. I'm like, I got water. I can do this. <laughs> Spoken like a true cowgirl. <laughs> I'll save it with a hose. <laughs> I'll save it. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what else have you been up to? I know you've been traveling a lot. 
Yeah, there's been quite a bit. I just went last week to see my family in Southern California where they live. And then I got back from the American Horse Council in Washington, D.C. We were there for, uh, oh, I don't know, three days talking about different things in the industry. And one of the things that I'm most proud of that happened during that meeting is that the Board of Trustees approved a overarching encouragement is how I'll put it to breed and discipline associations to start really looking at their amateur rules and start thinking about maybe letting their amateurs get paid to teach beginners to ride either kids or adults that don't show. That seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, they do it in most other sports. So NCAA allows it. Um, A lot of your other, you know, your big sports like golf and things like that allow their amateurs to teach. Um, So we're just trying to follow suit. If we want to be a sport, Glenn, let's be a sport. Let's not be a backyard hobby. So let's go ahead and do some of these things that the other sports groups are doing. So I'm thrilled about it. Um, Now I just hope breed and discipline associations follow suit. But I was very proud the American Horse Council at that level to say, yes, we think that this is important. Here's some encouragement to get the process started. Yay. All right. Well, good. That's something good came out of it. Maybe we'll find yes. out if <laughs> we will anything find follows out. through. But yeah. So what's coming up on today's show? So today we're going to take a deep dive into what it takes to have partners for your equine pursuits. So this could be around your immediate neighborhood and beyond. So this is for you and maybe as a rider that really want to get some sponsors when you start going to horse shows, right? This is for you who maybe own an equine business and you're like, gosh, it would be really great to start getting some partners and some mentors and some people involved in our program. So we just developed a partnership um, with Interscholastic Equestrian Association that we're so excited about our international conference in October in Tennessee is going to be in conjunction with all of their IEA coaches. They're going to come and speak at it. Um, their IEA coaches get to pay CHA member rates to come. So Certified Horsemanship Association, because we're all breed, all discipline and IEA, because they also are multidiscipline and of course, love all breeds. We're able to do this combination educational event and we're thrilled. So we're going to launch off with that kind of as our starting point, but then talk to two amazing guests more about that. Terrific. All right. You want to get started? Yes. Right after this word from our sponsor. Whether you are an amateur owner with a horse or two, or you manage a large facility, there is a lot to keep track of. Horse Report System ensures that you always have your horse's health records, training logs, photos, therapy and care notes, demographics, and much more immediately available to you and your staff in the stable. The user-friendly dashboard, color-coded calendars, and easy searchability make it simple to find the information you were looking for and keeps your whole team on the same page. Our web app runs on any device with a web browser, phone, tablet, or computer. We'd love to give you a demo to show you why boarding facilities, equine therapy programs, and professional trainers, as well as individuals, are using Horse Report System to simplify their record-keeping and ensure the best possible care for their horses. With monthly subscriptions starting at just $9.99, there is a plan that is right for you. Go to www.horsereportsystem.com to learn more and get a free trial. 
We are so excited to have Arielle Heron Higgins on our show next. Arielle hails from Alabama, and now she's in Tennessee. She has shown quarter horses and has won an All-American Quarter Horse Congress Championship, an AQHA World Championship, and a Reserve World Championship. Arielle attended Middle Tennessee State University and attained both a bachelor's and a master's degree in horse science. Now she's on the faculty at MTSU Horse Science as their director of equestrian programs and coach of the MTSU equestrian team. Ariel is a CHA master instructor and certifier, a member of the Interscholastic Equestrian Association Education Committee, a volunteer for Tennessee 4-H and FFA, and still with all of that has time to show her quarter horses. Hi, Ariel. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I always I'm feel so like excited. such a loser when you introduce our guests. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got some good ones, don't we? Yeah. We do. That's okay, Glenn. I feel like a loser as well when I introduce my guests. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Ariel, with that lovely introduction, tell us about your horse journey from the beginning until now. What all has kind of taken you in this direction? Yeah. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to grow up in a horse family. Uh, my mom's a horse trainer. She runs a quarter horse training barn in Northeast Alabama. And so I literally was almost born at a horse show. My mom went into labor with me at a horse show. So wow. to say that I was born doing this is actually not a lie. Uh, <laughs> so horses have been, you know, a giant part of my life from the start. I was fortunate to get to show quarter horse um, my entire upbringing. Um, started showing in the AQHA all around events. Um, I think I showed for the first time in a loping class when I was five years old. So um, from then on, and, um, you know, we, I kind of got to ride whatever was available or, you know, someone else's problem or that kind of thing. And so at the time I maybe didn't have as much uh, respect for that process as I do now, because I was able to gain a lot of experience through those uh, situations. And that led me to, like I said, starting competing forever, and then I attended college at MTCU, like you said, and was able to ride under the great Andrew Vicky through my college career and competed on the IHSA equestrian team through college as well, and then uh, before I knew it, I was uh, hired here after Ann retired. So um, I, this fall marks 10 years that I've been in Murfreesboro and at MTSU, either as a student or uh, as faculty now. So um, this is my life now. I live and breathe horses every day and teach riding and coach the equestrian team and am on faculty here. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's how I got here. Well, I think it's amazing. Tell us what your um, championships were that you won. What were they in? Uh, so I won the All-American Quarter Horse Congress in 2010 in Equitation Over Fences. And then I won the AKHA World Show and was second and then was third twice in the Amateur Hunting Equitation. And all of that was with uh, the same horse. I had a, a really great horse. His name was Challenging Details. We called him Madison. And he was my once-in-a-lifetime heart horse and made all my dreams come true. I love that. And, you know, we've all had our heart horses, no matter, how, no matter how many horses we've worked with or owned, right? We all have that one or two special ones that rise to the top. So that Absolutely. is 
That is awesome. And then I just got Glenn to recently see Ariel again. I went out to Middle Tennessee State University in May and we just did what we call our brand new level up program. So for folks that have gone through our certification and want to try to attain a higher level and have already attained a certain level with us, they can go for the higher level in a shortened process so they don't have to go through the whole thing again. And it was so great to have her there because she attained her master instructor, which is level 4-4 with jumping, highest level we do and her certifier status so now she can be the person on the other side of the table and train the trainer. Ariel, cool. your business card, you're not going to have room for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, well, I was just pretty cool that uh, we were able to host that event also. That was such a great experience and um, I was a little hesitant to participate. I, I didn't know if I was ready for it or not, but I was thankful that it all kind of came together um, and I was able to do it under Christy and Ann and, um, you know, have it at our facility, which was a very fun and cool experience to kind of go down and see a history like that. So it was because it's the pilot. We'll always remember it. And we're having our conference there again this October. So we'll see you again there. It's just constant, right? Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> So the show today is about kind of people that help people. So mentors and partners. And one of the reasons why we came up with this title today is because of the wonderful partnership that we have with Interscholastic Equestrian and how we decided to do our conference jointly there together in October in Tennessee. So tell me more, Ariel, about your mentors, um, partners, others that have helped you personally. And then we'll also talk about any that you guys have for a Middle Tennessee State University city as well. Okay, yeah. Well, kind of like I mentioned, my mom is a horse trainer, so I'm just so fortunate to have been raised under the roof, under the same roof that my mom lived under and, you know, have her every single day. And uh, my mom is such a talented person and just has so much feel and connection with horses. And so um, having her in my back pocket, literally to call, I, you know, just in the way that you call your mom anyway, but then I can call her about if I'm struggling with a horse or needing teaching ideas or that kind of thing, she's always there for me. So I've, like I said, just been so fortunate that that that's the way I grew up. And I think that explains a lot about me personally. Um, but then I also have known Ann Brzezicki, uh for pretty much my entire life. And um, when I decided to come to MTSU, obviously our relationship grew much more being that I was here every day um, with her when she was in my position um, prior to her retiring. And she's such a wealth of knowledge and just has such a giving heart. And her, her main goal in life, even now that she's retired is to give back to the industry to continue to help make it better. And I think that she really imprints that on all that she helped and mentored. And, um, you know, it's just such a cool thing to see. Um, so she's definitely been a, a giant mentor for me personally. I also, through my youth years showing and competing, I got to ride with Linda Crothers and Sandy Vaughn, who are both just giant wealth of knowledge in the quarter horse world of, of riding quarter horse hunters. And um, I'm just so thankful that I got to take so many lessons from them and see them and kind of not only their their abundant skills in training and teaching, but just getting to know them personally. Another huge influence for me has been Carla Winberg. Um, and I've only ever really ridden with her a few times, but I, I have admired her from afar for the majority of my life. And so to now be a coach um, in the 
IHSA with her as well. Um, and they kind of run side by side with her. It's a very cool thing. But it's just kind of full circle. Um, and then, I'm sorry, what was the second part of that question about MTSU? Yeah, just up there at MTSU, do you guys have sponsors for your intercollegiate horse um, show association, your ISSA team, you know, things like that? Yeah, uh, well, we have a really amazing partnership just with our, our horse program here. Uh, so we, our ISSA team runs out of our horse facility. And so that allows us to have an amazing facility, amazing horses, tack equipment, you know, everything that we could ever want or need we have here. And so we have just that outstanding support. And being that I went to school here and then now work here, I didn't fully grasp how wonderful and what a blessing that partnership really is until I went out, you know, and I went to other schools and have been to other competitions at other places where they don't have as much support, you know, in their universities. And so um, the fact that we're able to have all of that kind of under one roof and that we're able to work together and our goals and our missions are all together is really beautiful. Um, and then we um, also just come from a great region of the country here that all of the schools that we work with are all incredibly helpful. Uh, we also do a lot of work with IEA, uh, with the Interscholastic Equestrian Association, that um, we host and we host a competition for them. We, I'm on the education committee, and so actually earlier today I was working on some um, some feedback for some forms and things that they had sent me, and so we're able to kind of marry a lot of events together between the two organizations that are not only give my team and, and the people that go to school here a chance to give back to those associations, but also it serves as, you know, kind of a recruiting event for our program that those kids get to see IHSA and MTSU for science put to work. Um, and hopefully it makes them want to consider MTSU for the place where they go to school. I love that. And I'll tell you, you know, it takes people, right? It takes a network. Absolutely. And sometimes your jobs that you find are not due to a resume. They're due to who you know. All those kinds of things happen a lot. So do you have any advice that you can give to our listeners about finding good mentors and partners for themselves and or their businesses? So I think just to build on what you just said, um, it's so much about who you know. You know, it's about getting those connections and having someone that'll say something really great about you and mean it. And I think that that comes from, you know, the organizations and the things that you're a part of, that a person is a part of, um, to be helpful to those places, um, you know, to be a part of the solution and not just part of pointing out the problems. Um, you know, when it comes to our IHSA events and, you know, the, the IEA events that we help put on and, and the different things that we're involved with, with 4-H and FSA and HSA and all that stuff, um, the reason that we have a good name in those things is that we're able to benefit from promotion amongst all of the organizations is largely because we are volunteering and helping and uh, trying our best to give back to those organizations. And so from that, we're able to gain a great relationship. And then when it comes to a mentor, that's someone that wants to help you. And so when someone sees that you're willing to put in the work, they're much more likely to help you. So I always 
think that being a helpful volunteer that's a part of the solution is the best way to gain, A, the best uh, kind of grasp on what it takes, but also the one who's going to get the most help out of the situation as well. Ariel, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Um, Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to disagree a little <laughs> bit. Uh, we're both saying the same thing, but when I speak at podcasting conferences, one of the first things I say if I'm doing a keynote or whatever, I always say it's not who you know, it's who knows you. So what you're saying is people know you because you're out there doing your thing. It's not who you know. They know you. The reason opportunities oh, yeah. come to you – so I'm just trying to change your thinking a little bit when you're talking to the kids – It. It's not, you can know a lot of people. If they don't know you, nothing's going to happen, right? So it's by getting out there and doing what you did and being in front and, and yes, winning some championships helps. Um, But also doing the good work that you're doing, people know who you are. They know what type of person you are. and And then the opportunities come. So, you know, people, you know, you can know a lot of people, but if nobody knows you, nothing's going to happen. So, you know, I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's a point that's missed. I would agree yeah, with you, Glenn. Think, yeah, I and I think the light under the bushel concept, right? We tend to want to be humble. We tend to want to, you know, whatever, but we really do need to join things and get out there and be a part of things. And people say, oh, you joined that board because you're altruistic. Yeah, no, not really. I joined the board because I want people to know CHA. I want them to know mm-hmm. Certified Horsemanship Association and me. And oh yeah, by the way, I'm also glad that we're doing good work. So I get it, Glenn. Yeah, absolutely. There's kind of a lot of different sides to that. And Ariel, it's the same thing you were saying, just in a different way, right? It's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. So what are you looking forward to with our big international conference that's coming up to your backyard again? What are you excited about with that partnership with IEA? Well, I mean, I'm excited that all of you guys are going to be here. I think that's going to be a ton of fun. And I'm excited for our students to get to experience that, not only for them to witness the conference and to all of the great educational things that will be happening, but for also just for them to have the experience of helping putting on an international conference. I think that's an awesome experience for them. And um, I'm also, I think I get to, to speak at it and I'm, kind of nervous about that, but I'm excited for that opportunity, and I'm just so excited for everyone to get to come here and enjoy our facility, and um, I always love when we get a chance to use our horses in events. I think that's just a fun thing. It's kind of a, for me, it's kind of like a chance to to give myself and our program a little bit of a pat on the back for our horses being kind and useful creatures most of the time, Uh, and so I just, I look forward to seeing them in action, too. Ariel, I agree. You have amazing school horses. And on that note, I want to just um, talk about one special one who just won an award who I know personally. His name is Harley. Could you talk a little bit more about what Harley just won? Yeah, so Harley just won, I to say, uh, High Point Horse of the National Show. So he accumulated the most points, the most wins um, of any horse at ITSA Nationals, and he is a 25-year-old, been there, done that, ITSA horse. So the fact that he is 25 years old, got on a trailer, went from Tennessee to Pennsylvania, stepped off the trailer, and was an amazing horse for every person that got on him. I don't actually even know how many championships he won. I think it was four or five plus with 
second and third, you know, top five a bunch of times. Um, and the fact that he can be the same horse, the same reliable horse for a walk trotter all the way up to the open. In fact, um, in the ITC, the highest Western class is the high point rider class. And there was a tie for the win. And the judges chose Harley as the runoff horse. Uh, so they each, the two people that tied each did a pattern on Harley and their score from that was what determined who won. So oh, that's that was a cool. really cool thing, you know, to get to, to witness. But um, yes. he's just, I, he teaches people how to camera. He is so many people's first ride. He is the reliable upper level horse. He's just kind of a jack of all trades and so dearly loved. And he's actually about to go to another championship show this weekend. So he's kind of the all around man. He's awesome. He was there when we, um, you know, did our level up program and a bunch of our people that were leveling up got to ride him and they all loved him and he's not small. He's big. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. He's like 16 and yeah, he's big. Well, and for those listening, for IHSA and IEA, it's the draw system. So you literally draw a horse and you have to get on and go show it. You don't have an opportunity to warm it up and do all this stuff. You just didn't. So talk about, you know, the wheat from the chaff. You really get to know who can ride anything and who can only ride their horse they have at home. So it's just so great to be able to have a horse in your program be that lovely. You have some great, great horses and students and staff. So let me um, go ahead and wrap up today, Ariel, with you, with letting others know how they can find you. What is uh, the MTSU website? Do you have a Facebook page? What's the best way? Yeah, so uh, probably the most up-to-date stuff would be our Facebook or Instagram. Um, so on Facebook, we're the MTSU Horse Science Program. And then we also have separate pages for our two teams, so the MTSU Equestrian Team and the MTSU Stock Horse Team each have their own pages that are a little more focused on updates from those two teams. And then we also have Instagram at MTSU Equestrian and then at MTSU underscore stock underscore horse underscore team. Very nice. And I'll tell you, anybody out there that's looking for a college for yourself or for a family member or a friend or one of your writing students, MTSU is a great one to look at. So Ariel, thank you so much for being on today and talking about this important topic. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was so great having Ariel on the show. And now we have another Tennessee person. This is Courtney Smith. Courtney grew up immersed in all things horses from her local 4-H to competing in rodeos. She holds a master's in equine education from MTSU and is a CHA certified riding instructor. She owns Need a Hand Horse Training in Murfreesboro, where she coaches youth and adult riders in Western, ranch events, and the Interscholastic Equestrian Association events. She also sits on the board of the Tennessee Stock Horse Association, is the chairman of I. Educational Committee and serves on the Tennessee Quarter Horse Association's Youth Committee. Hi, Courtney. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit more about your lifelong horse journey so our listeners can understand your perspective. Well, I started out as a horse crazy kid because I had a horse crazy mother. (laughs) She actually um, was a farrier and when she was in high school, told her high school guidance counselor that that's the career she wanted and they laughed at her because back in that time that was unheard of for a woman to be a farrier so um, I come by honestly (laughs) 
So she was a farrier and, and got me very involved in horses at a young age and made sure that I was surrounded by um, individuals who were um, ready to pour their horse knowledge into me and give me those uh, education opportunities and learning. We were involved with 4-H. That led into rodeoing through high school. And then um, and we did some breed showing and competitions as well. Um, and from there, it just kind of snowballed into going to college and getting a, a degree as an undergrad where I was able to be influenced by some some awesome people that opened up some doors for me and started riding colts uh, to kind of pay for my entry fees when I was rodeoing and got really involved in colt starting. And, and then that was really when the natural horsemanship movement was kind of coming through and, and really getting out there. So um, I soaked up all that information and Next thing I know, I was teaching clinics and giving lessons, and um, here I am today. <laughs> I love it, and I love that you mentioned the mentor piece because that's what this show is all about today, right? We are not islands. We cannot do this alone. We have to have good horses with us, but we also have to have good people. And um, Glenn, do you want to go ahead and explain a little bit more what you just spoke about with Ariel? Because I think it was so key, and we can kind of launch from there with Courtney's rest of her questions. People say, you know, it's important that you you know other people. And my belief is that's not as important as who knows you. You may know a lot of people, and that's not going to do you much good unless they know who you are. So being out there in front of the world, doing things, being places where people see you, they see what kind of person you are, they see you know what kind of personality you have, and hopefully they like you, that brings you opportunities. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. And that's exactly kind of the point that we were making earlier, you know, um, with Ariel and now with you. Because of who you've known, but mainly because of who you are, and you got in front of the people, right? And you made it happen. Things happened. So with kind of thinking about that perspective, who are some of your mentors and partners that have helped you not only on your personal journey, but also on your current journey with running your own business? Well, that, I mean, that opens up a long conversation because there have been so many people in my life that have helped me um, to the next step. And sometimes the way they helped me or mentored me was not always from an equestrian background or have anything to do related with horses. Um, I would say probably my biggest mentors that I had were some of my professors when I went to college, just because they were so, um, involved in my life. They saw potential there and they encouraged me to reach beyond my comfort zone and, and step out of that comfort zone and, you know, take some steps and some risks to be involved and immerse myself in ways that I never would have thought possible. Uh, one of the biggest examples I can speak to that would be uh, Dr. Dave Whitaker, who was the, um, the director of MTSU Horse Science and was, you know, he is well known for his horse judging, coaching, and, and his teams and the success that they had. And when I was in school there as an undergrad, he encouraged me to be on the horse judging team. Well, that sounded great. All right, I want to learn more about judging horses. But I wasn't really realizing how much that was going to influence and affect my life because I had to judge horses, but also had to speak to people and tell them why I was judging horses the way I were. I was having to organize my thoughts. I was having to put myself out there and defend what I, um, what, 
the horse that I thought should be the winner of that class. And that really, really made me step out of a comfort zone that I didn't. I, there was lots of tears and lots of practices. <laughs> and now to this day, that is something that I make all of my youth participate in at some level because it was such an influential, uh, influential part of my life that helped build some skills for me in my businesses and my career. And even I use all of those um, all of those skills that I learned from that now, just gaining confidence in myself and being able to spin, organize my thoughts, you know, speak out publicly to people. So that was a huge influence in my life as, and um, as a mentor that while I was still in the horse world and doing something horse related, the skills that I developed that were or learned from that, um, I use every day in, in every aspect of my life. But it also helped me have some connections um, in that horse world that I would not have had if I'd not had that horse judging experience or if he had not. uh, One of the things that we did on the team is we would travel around, you know, before the competitions as we were heading to like Oklahoma to the AQHA World Show for our judging competition. We would stop at lots of different trainers, facilities and barns and do some practice judging and meet those people. And that networking that we got to do on those judging trips were crucial and have been able to come back around. Um, I currently was able to speak with Dave Dillon with APHA and kind of work with him in a project that we were helping with, um, with IEA right now. And when I got to meet him at APHA, he was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. I said, well, I've met you before. It's been about 20 years ago. Um, but we met at a horse judging, you know, Dr. Dave Whitaker brought us to your farm and we got to judge horses. And so having that connection and something we could relate to was phenomenal to be able to come back and, and see how those relationships that you don't realize that you may meet, you know, 20, 10 years ago um, and how that can affect your life now. So those types of things have been, um, you know, those mentors that we have in our life, I think it's, again, like you said, you put yourself in that position of meeting people and uh, letting them meet you and, and see how you're representing yourself or see what you have to offer and, and how that relationship might come back and be able to benefit you or um, help you benefit someone else because you have that connection with them. I completely agree. And I know the good old reasons room, right, for judging competitions, <laughs> it is speech and debate at its finest. I mean, it really yes, is. It is. You have to defend what you're doing. And I just love it's not about placing the horses. It's all about the reasons room. That's a little scary, a little intimidating. So, yeah, and it can give you all kinds of great things. So that's a lovely example. So now speaking of partnerships, we're very excited that we're going to do this co-conference together. We feel that the horse industry as a whole tends to be be very fragmented and they tend to all take their little silos and do their own little things. So the fact that CHA and IEA are combining efforts um, with speakers and with just people coming as a whole to this conference in your backyard there in October and the fact that you kind of all made it happen because you're the chair of the education committee, what are your thoughts about why CHA and IEA make such good partners? Well, first off, I'm beyond excited for this event. I'm beyond excited because I can't wait for uh, this, uh, our IEA membership to see the things that CHA has to offer. When I was, I've been involved with um, IEA in some form from a coaching standpoint or, or sitting on committees for the past 10 years now. And one of the biggest things that I was seeing is 
I was hearing from some of our more seasoned coaches and our zone administrators is, and our leadership is, you know, we need more education for our coaches. We need more education for our coaches. And after having attended CHA and being a part of CHA for the conferences, I'm like, this is what IEA needs. We need a, we need an education. We need a coaches summit. We need something for these coaches to be able to come together, share ideas, um, learn from others. You know, it's really easy as an instructor or a coach to kind of get in this little kind of rut where you're, you just, you don't have that motivation or you're, you're needing something else because you've been doing the same things over and over and, you need another idea or new idea to help, you know, re-energize your program or, or even yourself. It's easy for us to get in that burnout mode. And when we kind of got to talking about this with IEA and then, you know, with CHA having that partnership and that relationship already with them, it was like, why reinvent the wheel? This is the perfect scenario. We come together, we get our, our IEA coaches and our membership get to see um, the things that CHA has to offer. We get that continuing education training. We can also have some specific talks for our IEA coaches that are geared straight to them that may also help our CHA members because it's maybe open up their eyes to um, having an IEA team and seeing how that can benefit their programs or their areas and encourage more youth involvement with our um, in our equestrian world because that's something we definitely need. Without our youth, if we don't have our kids involved in this, you know, eventually we're going to go away. So we've got to keep that youth involvement and IEA does a great job at that because kids do not have to own a horse to participate. So it, we live in such a suburbia kind of uh, environment now where used to, you know, someone knew someone who had a horse. And now we have kids who they don't know anyone who owns a horse. So by having, you know, these opportunities and these organizations that can offer them that um, experience with a horse, but whether it be through IEA or being involved in a 4-H club, uh, that's great, but we've got to have also ways for the people who are participating and leading those programs, a way to get information, to be educated, um, to get new ideas, and you know, con to continue our education. I think as a horse professional, every horse professional I've ever met will always say, you're always learning. You're always learning something new, and there's things that I used to do 10 years ago that I don't do now because I've learned a better way to do it or a more efficient way. Um, so. You know, I am very excited about that partnership and how that's going to work. And I'm really excited because it's here, you know, locally for me. So I can really be immersed in it. And hopefully we have a lot of participation from it. Well, yes, I completely agree. And I know you were in our conference last year in Fort Worth and did a great talk. So you've been a part of the conference and you understood it. And that was what was so great to kind of bring this all together. And I just hope it goes over so well that it's something that happens every year because there's no need. IEA is primarily a horse showing organization, right? And you put on horse shows. There's no need for you all to have to put on an educational conference when we have one. So, Absolutely. and that's, I guess, my call to everyone else out there in the industry, find partners like that. If you're not the expert in something, find the person or the entity that is and partner with them so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. If you are the expert, then bring others to you to partner with you and kind of go both ways with that. And don't just be a silo, be a continent, right? And just all yes. kind of work together. I just think that that's just so huge. So Courtney, well, I just thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing this concept of partnership. How can people find you? Do you have um, through your horsemanship program, a website, a Facebook, what's the best way? 
Yeah, so we have a website. Our website is needahandhorsetraining.com. And we also have a Facebook page as well. You can search just Need a Hand Horse Training or it's at Need a Hand HT. So that's our social media and ways to find us on the internet. And if they want more information about IEA and our programs that we have to offer, and I know with CHA we've already got our international conference information up there, but to find out how to participate and be more involved in that, um, our IEA website is rideiea.org. Thank you so much, Courtney. And for those listening for CHA, it is just CHA.horse, H-O-R-S-E. So, Courtney, thanks so much for being on the show today and look forward to seeing you in the fall. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, that was an interesting conversation. And it's the reason, to expand a little bit further, it's the reason the Horse Radio Network has grown to number one, is of all the many, including yours, all the many, many, many relationships that we made over the years. I was very intentional yes. about that. So, you know, we, we have we have Horse Illustrated we work with. We have you guys, Sidelines Magazine, Side Saddle Association, the United States Dressage Association. I mean, the list is probably 30, 40 long of other organiz- retired racehorse project of all of those organizations that we have worked with over the years or still work with. And that's the reason that we've grown the way we have. If we hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here. I would be doing something else right now. Networks and partnerships are so huge and being a silo is so wrong, right? It really is. It's called reach out to your neighborhood people or gosh, you can go nationally, right? Depending on what you do um, and just let the partnerships happen because people want help. People want that support and they don't want to be the expert at everything. That's way too hard. Then you can never go on vacation if you're indispensable. You want to be dispensable so you can go to Hawaii. You want others <laughs> to help you, right? These people that, oh, I can't leave my barn. Who's going to feed my horses? Oh my goodness. Don't make it so complex. Let somebody be able to come in and feed your horses so you can have a vacation. Yeah. Right? Try, 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 try. So all these partnerships from something so small as a pet sitter all the way up to something so big as two big companies coming together to put on an international conference, right? All those things and everything in between. Very important. And when you're running your business, I don't care if it's a boarding stable or you're, you're in retail or whatever you are, and you're running your small business, you feel very alone. So having relationships with other people, and I don't care what kind of business you have, if you're creative and you think outside the box a little bit and then make the contacts, you can develop very good relationships that's good for everybody. Um, And, you know, you have to sometimes think outside the box. And, you know, it's interesting because everybody lives in this little silo when you're in the business world or even in nonprofits. You know, it doesn't matter. You're you're in a little silo. You're a business too, really. Um, Correct. So you're in your little silo. And one, it's a very lonely place. Um, Two is you have no help. So you're doing 10 times the work to get to the to a point where you could have gotten to a lot quicker if you had just asked somebody, oh, by the way, the somebody you're going to ask about a relationship is also sitting over there feeling the exact same way you are. Correct. And they're going to be ha- happy you called. So, I mean, it, it really, you know, will they all work out? No. You know, you might make four calls and then the one is going to really work out. But that one that worked out could be the one, I made a call, I, I'll, I'll throw her under the bus a little bit. I made a call 
12, 13 years ago now to Karen at Kentucky Performance Products. I knew her a little bit from living in Kentucky. I'd met her maybe at a conference or two, right? So she knew who I was. And I said, well, you know, we got this new podcast network. We're brand new. We have very few listeners. Um, but it's going to be a thing someday. Would you like to get involved? And she said yes. If I hadn't asked her, yes. she, by the way, is still our biggest sponsor today of awesome. four different shows. And that's 13 years later. Uh-huh. So that one little – now, you know, we weren't charging much back then because we couldn't, but that relationship blossomed, and because of her, other sponsors came on. Correct. So don't be afraid to ask either. That's the other key. Yes, and don't be sad if you get a no. A no's okay. It's okay. No, Just ask again. The no's lead don't to yeses. Yes. Without the no's, yeah. you're not going to get yeses. Because, Correct. Because you got the no meant you tried something. <laughs> You ask somebody and you talk to somebody. So it's the reason that we've gone to 24, 25, which we met you at a couple times, trade shows. It's Correct. so people know who we are. That yeah. was getting our awareness out there. Um, so, yeah, the I, love, I love this today. At my son's um, high school graduation had a little speech that he did, and he made such a good point. He said, with your futures, whether you're in college, trade school, the military, going to go right to work, do not be the smartest in your network of people that you hang around. Do not do that. Be in the middle somewhere. Don't be the smartest. And if you are the smartest, find a new set of people to be around because you always want to learn and grow yourself, right? And what a good a good point that was. We should always be learning and growing and creating these partnerships. I did a talk on co-hosts, uh, how to find work with co-hosts. I've had a little experience with that over the years. Yeah, you have. Just a little. <laughs> and I did a talk at PodFest on that. And the first thing I said is hire people better than you. Nice. You always want to hire people better than you. And I don't wow, care what thanks, kind of Glad. I appreciate that I'm better than you. That's <laughs> yeah, really you nice want, you to definitely. Be Every one like of my co-hosts is better than me. <laughs> but it's true. It makes you one, it makes you look better. And two, you don't have to do as much work. So it's very selfish on my part, you know, oh, doing absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not altruistic at no, all. No. No. <laughs> That's awesome. So yes, I love that you brought this all up today. Yes, well, very there. fun. Thank you for uh, doing it with me and for everyone uh, listening today. Again, if you want to find out more about this international conference, it's open to you all. And if you just say you're with um, Horse Radio Network, you can also get the CHA member discount uh, to come and just go to CHA.horse to find out more. Very good. And of course, you can find all the past episodes of the CHA at horsesinthemorning.com. Scroll down to the middle of the page. There's little banners there. Click on CHA and it brings up all the past episodes. You can listen right there on the website. It's probably the easiest way to do that. We're going to be back tomorrow with Jamie. We'll be back. She's going to be back from Monty's Place and the movement. We're going to catch up with a couple of our spotlight riders who we haven't heard from in a while on tomorrow's show. So that should be fun. And then on Thursday, we have the sales and breeding episode with Kayla and Emily, so you can wait for that as well. Get your really bad ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for Friday's show. Thank you, Christy, for doing this. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Len. We'll talk soon. 